Hey guys, welcome back to the Valor Adventures podcast. Good to be with you today. We've got Andrew Fletcher back in the house. How you doing, Andrew? Oh, pretty good. You got back from your elk hunt. Colorado. Wasn't your elk hunt, it was your buddy's elk One of my elk buddy's hunt. elk hunts, yeah. Yeah, and it was a great time? It was a good time. Yeah? Le- Challenging? Le- very. Less killing than I would have liked to have happened, but it's always a good time. A lot of hunting, a lot of, you lost some weight? A lot, I lost 13 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So you worked hard, you you, you hiked how many miles? About 65. And you biked how many? About 48. Those bikes are pretty cool. Those bikes are pretty cool. If anybody's ever used those, the... Uh, E-bikes. E-bikes that are uh, big, fat tires. And I've actually never ridden one hunting. Really? Um, but, man, maybe I ought to get one of those. Yeah, pretty slick. Yeah. My uh, butt is still sore a week <laughs> later. You're not used to it. I, I do mountain biking and stuff, so I think I'd be. Yeah. My problem was, is, like, when we were going in, we rode the bikes in about nine miles to where we were going to camp. So it's like you got a 70-pound pack on <laughs> going in. Yeah, that, that, that puts rough. more weight. That puts more weight on the butt for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the conditions were hot. Really hot. In Colorado, really hunting elk, muzzleloader. Yep. And uh, not a lot of bugling going on. Okay. You were seeing elk, though. Yeah, we're seeing elk every day. Yeah. Just because it was just so thick where we were hunting. Like, if you were in the trees, you couldn't see more than 20, 30 yards in front of you at any point in time. And then you just get these little opens, little parks, you know, that you can glass across. And But their elk are in there for 20 seconds and gone. So we're seeing elk every day. And every morning, like, we were in them. All the time, just so stinking hard to get a shot at them. If they're not bugling at all, it's like finding them is almost impossible because we were basically just walking, slow pushing pines, and like you get 20 yards from them, then bump them, and then you can't see them. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Real tough. Gotcha. Yeah, we went out last weekend to help a couple of hunters uh, here in southern Utah, and um, they were bugling, bugling really good uh, the the one day that uh, we only went out for a couple of days. I took my boy with me and. We went out to see if we could glass some up for them, and we saw a few cows and calves, and there was uh, there were some, some bulls bugling down below us. We know there's one big bull in there because we talked to some archery hunters that were hunting it that we knew, and, and uh, so there was a big, you know, they said it was a 350-plus for sure. And uh, so we were trying to trying to find him, and, and uh, we, we took off. So I haven't heard an update on how they're doing. But, yeah, they were, they were uh, screaming, and we got some good rain the one day. And that was kind of helpful. So, tis the season. It's yep. uh, it's it's on, right? So I get to go and hunt some elk in October. Here we're going down to Old Mexico, not New Mexico, Old Mexico. And yes, we're hunting Rocky Mountain elk, and they are free range elk. People go, what are they high fence? No, they're not high fence. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Um, they've been raising them down there for the last eight or nine years, and they've got some good bulls right now. And we're going to be the first ones in the camp. We're going to go check it out, and I think it's going to be a really good option for our members. We'll find out, right? We, that we, we, we got a, our, our podcast today actually is how we choose our outfitters, and that's our topic for today, main topic. And then uh, we might end even get into a little bit of uh, fitness and stuff too and, and how to be ready for, I think, just life, <laughs> not just hunting season. But uh, anyway, so – uh, yeah, we talk about, you know, how we choose our outfitters, you know, and, and by the way, we work very hard with Rolling Bones and then, uh, Valor Ventures, you know, we're an agency within Rolling Bones and, uh, powered by Rolling Bones fully. And what we've done over the last 10 years is we've spent a lot of time and, 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 and energy and money and to go and, and, and meet a lot of different guides and outfitters all over the world. And we're still doing it today. 
And, you know, just to kind of give a couple of you some examples of why this is so valuable, in case you're wondering, I, mean, I think sometimes people go, well, I, mean, I already use a booking service or, uh, you know, I've, I've booked a hunt through someone else or they, you know, we like to say, don't get Googled, right? Because they might try to get on Google and find a hunt today, you know, and, and get on and do that. Well, the challenge with that is, is, you know, you, you get on and you, do, and, you, and you do that and you don't really know what kind of hunt you're you're on right you just you just don't know so um this last season you know brian mayman he's actually had a couple of experience actually me too maybe I'll, i'll talk about my experience first i went up to kodiak to hunt bison right and i went up in june and ended up um you know usually june's pretty mild weather but i i ended up having some i think a lot of people think oh you you guys go on the very best hunts where success is imminent and you're gonna you know have the best success no matter what and that's just not true i mean this this hunt this bison hunt i was the first one in that camp to hunt bison we knew there were some bison there and we know what the goal is but i didn't we didn't know how it was going to go so i go in june thinking it's good weather I'll, i'll be in and out in a few days well i ended up being rained in for five and a half days before i even got out and i did end up getting out and we ended up killing two bison which is really kind of a cool deal and they're they were free range bison on kodiak island and got got out of that but I, I stayed you know a couple days extra and learned that june probably isn't the best time to do that hunt <laughs> and the outfitter learned it not because of the weather the weather would, would have been normally fine but more because of the vegetation was so so thick right so um you know we want to send people up there when there's less vegetation you can spot them better you know maybe a little cooler weather and uh anyway so that's that example and then you heard about brian brian's doll sheep hunt Right, so he goes up to a camp where we previously have sent, I think six hunters. Also, I think I think I believe six out of six got rams the last couple of years. And so Brian goes, I'm going to go up there myself this year just to see how it's doing. He went up there for a 10-day doll sheep hunt. They saw one ram the entire time, and it wasn't even legal. And the winter kills just been really bad in that area on the Alaskan range in that particular camp. Well guess what? We got three hunters booked in there for next year. Well, guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to send three hunters into that camp next year because we found out that's not <laughs> going to be worth their time or money to do that, right? Yeah. Who does that, Andrew? Right? Nobody. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody does, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard of them yet. I haven't either. I mean, I think, you know, <laughs> people go, oh, yeah, I, I mean, a lot of outfitters, oh, I, got, I got this hunt, come hunt it. There's sheep here. Okay, yeah, there's sheep there, but, I mean, are you going to see them? Or, you know, how is it? Yeah. That's one thing that I think is important for people to realize is, Yes, we'd like to make money, right? But we make money by doing what's best for our clients. So it's like if you call an outfitter, I've heard of several people say, well, I don't like talking to booking agents. Like, why would you not want to talk to a booking agent? Because you can call an outfitter. The outfitter will say whatever the freak they want in order to get you to book with them. So whereas we've hunted with the outfitters, just like this unit that we just got back from in Colorado, it's like you just have, once you've hunted it, you know way more about it. You know it intimately. You know exactly what's going on there. So you can push people to where they need to go rather than, I want a doll sheep hunt. Now everybody's going to talk you into coming with me, right? So I think it's invaluable. Exactly. Exactly. And you were talking about one that you just recently. Yeah. Guy, uh, in, guy in, uh, from Maine, never hunted the West before, called uh, Google, basically, found, uh, found an outfitter in Colorado for drop camp elk hunt. So waste four points. He drew this tag with four points, him and his buddy. Four points drew this tag, booked with the outfitters, $4,500, which as far as an elk hunt goes. Pretty stinking good, $4,500. Yeah. Yep. So, books this hunt, gets out, 
him and his buddy paid $9,000 total, show up a day before the hunt, the outfitter sends them four points on Onyx, goes up there with them, says, this is where I'd glass from, and then they didn't see him for the rest of the hunt. Can't get a hold of the outfitter, don't have any other money, never saw an elk, because they've never hunted the West. Yeah. It's like they have no idea what they're doing. That's why they ponied up the money. Yep. It's like. So a couple red flags there, right? And, and people from Maine might not know this. $4,500 for an elk hunt, probably not going to be the best outfitter. You know, if it's if it's a trophy-type unit. I don't know if it was a trophy-type unit. Pretty good unit. Okay. So you're probably not going to get a trophy-type elk unit for $4,500. bucks. i am sorry. It's just not. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're paying more than that for a trophy unit. Now, you're hunting 300-inch bulls and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Or an experience. You know, it's like if you're you – know, money is a direct reflection of what you're going to get usually. You get what you pay for, right? Usually. It's like if it's – there's usually a reason for it. Yeah. Yep. So what we what we do is we try to manage those expectations. We um, – you know, we've even had hunters go um, on, on some bear hunts, and there's some cheaper black bear hunts you can do. But you get what you pay for. Yep. You know, if you're going to go on an $1,800 black bear hunt, just understand the accommodations probably aren't going to be stellar, you know, yeah. um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we have some of those hunts, uh, but you know, we're sending hunters in there to hunt bears and you might not be staying in the world-class five-star lodge for 1800 bucks. Yeah. You just got to be, that's, that's why you call us, you know, we got this hunt and this is the price this is what you get for it. And there's no surprises. So, you know, when you book it, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. In all aspects, instead of just yep one or two. There's another one that uh, Brad and Brian are up. Uh, they were on their way to vet yesterday. They uh, were going up to uh, do a DIY caribou hunt up in Alaska. They fly up to Anchorage. Now, here we are, mind you, end of September. Weather in Alaska in September can start getting pretty bad, right? Pretty nasty. They land in Anchorage. The pilot that was going to fly him out for this called him and said, hey, listen, guys. Winter has arrived early. I can probably still get you out there, but the weather isn't ideal, and you might be being picked up by the Coast Guard if I, if I take you out there. There might be no way to get you out, and that can be pricey, yeah. <laughs> right? So, and dangerous, and, you know, on top of it, dangerous is the, the, the main problem. Anyway, point being, they're up there to vet that to see. So guess what? Next year we're probably not going to book hunters in the end of September into that camp. <laughs> it's a killer deal. I, I think I'm probably going to go do it personally this next year. Um, Cause the DIY caribou and uh, biggest herd of biggest herd of caribou in Alaska. It's just, it's, it's a killer deal. DIY. We're going to have it set up so that uh, if somebody wants to go up and have all their camp gear all ready for them up there, they can book the hunt, have the gear ready for them when they arrive all ready to go. They basically load it on the plane. Plane takes them out. They got everything there. It's all set up. Everything. And so somebody's like newer to hunting and they don't have all that stuff. They can buy that the whole mobile package Airbnb. deal. Airbnb. Yep. And they can go up for as long as they want. They, 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 the pilot drops them off, says, call me. We want to come pick you up. They can go for five days, seven days, ten days, whatever they want to do. And when they're ready to, to ship out, they make the call and they come get them. And pretty cool. Killer. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, you know, we're always looking for, you know, all types of, of different uh, situations in every, every single camp that we go into. And we've had outfitters that we've said, hey, you know, I don't think you're a good fit for us. And uh, that's okay. You know, I mean, uh, because we have very strict guidelines as to what we allow on our hunt catalog. And not only do we 
work hard to choose the best outfitters in the industry. We also want to match personalities if we can, you know, because that's another thing. So we want to know our members and know you if you're going to book a hunt. Uh, hey, here's this outfitter. Here's here's kind of his personality. Here's what he likes. Here's, you know, he's he's a little rough around the edges. Or, oh, he's, you know, real kind-hearted guy. Or, hey, he's a good cook. Or he's not a very good cook, but he's a great outfitter, you know, or yeah. things like that. I mean, things that people want to know. Hey, this guy's a, I mean, he likes to hunt hard. He likes, or this guy, you know, this guy takes it easy, you know, takes care of you, gets you right into, you know, drive your side, drive your side by side right up to the animal. We'll let you know what the situation is. And we do all that through a hunt plan. So, you you know, I, I sit down with you, Andrew, and I say, okay, Andrew, what do you want to hunt? What size of animals do you want to be hunting? What weapon do you want to use? 200-inch deer. I want to shoot off the road with a rifle. Okay. <laughs> we'll put that in and see what comes up. There probably won't be anything that comes up on that. I'm sorry, but we'll, we'll put that in there. Uh, what's your budget, lodging preferences, you know, your physical condition, your how fit are you? Do you want it to be extreme? Do you want it to be, you know, mellow? What do you, what do you want? What are you looking for? And we plug that in, and it pops up the hunts that match what you're looking for, and then we really dial it in. We have a conversation with you, and then we'll get a conversation with the outfitter, get you on. And if you don't like the outfitter or doesn't not a good fit, okay, well, let's let's regroup. Let's, yeah. let's find Which is else. so important to do before you get on the hunt. Because, like, when I was guiding, it's like I'd had, I'd had several clients where it's like they show up as a completely different hunt than they were expecting, and it was a completely different type of client that I was expecting. So it's like you don't want – an upset outfitter right it's like if you're going to go spend the money to go on a good hunt and you're not what the outfitter's expecting it's like he's going to be in a bad mood which now your hunt's not going to be ideal you yeah. know so it's like it's just as important to match the client to the right outfitter as it is match the outfitter to the client so it's a it's a two-way street there yeah yeah no and, and i think that's where you know depending on what type of a hunt it is you know people want to go want to go on a um you know rocky mountain elk hunt free range right well you're <laughs> It's going to be very beneficial for you to be fit to do a, a elk hunt. Yeah. Elk hunting is tough, right, in the backcountry and steep. So, you know, you can maybe do it, and guys do it that aren't in the best shape. But understand that's going to – They're not going to be happy about it the entire time. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, probably not. You know, I mean, if you have a bad knee or something, you need to keep that into consideration, you know. And, and then, you know, horses, you know, if you're if – you're, if someone's really overweight and you got to get on a horse, that's going to be – tough thing to do yeah there's a perfect example as i was talking so my brother's personal trainer right so one of like the first things that they do when he gets a new client is they go through like a like a discovery session right where they figure out you know old injuries so like they go through basically from start to finish what their physical fitness is as far as mobility flexibility all everything it's like if you were to just jump in with a guy and then go as hard as you can, you haven't worked out for the last 10 years, and then jump in with a personal trainer and he just tries to kill you, it's like you're going to hate that personal trainer. Personal trainer is going to hate you. You're going to have a horrible experience. You're going to leave the gym puking. It's like it's the exact same thing in hunting. It's like if you have a certain set of expectations and then your outfitter has a certain set of expectations and you don't mi mix, it's going to be a miserable experience for everybody. And for it's sure. a waste of time and money. For sure. So there's obviously things that we can control but there's also the things that we cannot control, right? So we can, we can, you know, let you know what the camp is like, what the accommodations are like. If it's a, you know, staying in a cabin or a lodge or, you know, a wall tent or, or spiking out, we can, we can find all that out. We can find out what the game density is like and what uh, type of animals, size of animals are in the area based on, you know, what, what the outfitters currently been seeing, what we've seen, you know, the year or two prior and we can we can let you know all that, right? We can let you know approximate shot opportunity, um, 
you know, if, if you go into a whitetail hunt and there's hundreds of whitetail, we can tell you, you know what, you get like a 95% shot opportunity. <laughs> we can be pretty confident in that, right? Um, so we can do that, but there are things that we can't control, right? And uh, sometimes, you know, things do happen. Weather comes in and messes up your hunts. And, you know, so when those type of things happen, we do our best to work with you and the outfitter to, you know, try to, you know, maybe, maybe help you book it in the next year if needed or extend your hunt a little bit if possible. You know, that's not always possible. I mean, we went on a doll sheep hunt last year and the camp that I got into, we both went to the same camp, but the outpost camp that I ended up in happened to be in a canyon where there were, there were quite a few rams. I mean, we saw seven or eight rams, I think, in the couple of days I was there, which isn't very common, but they were they were there, right? And uh, my buddy who went with me went to another outpost camp that was every bit as good, you know. I mean, they'd seen rams there, you know, in the weeks prior. They knew, you know, the, the years prior it's been good. They've harvested a lot of rams. And he just didn't see anything to kill. You know, same camp, same outfitter, but it, the weather got really warm. So the first couple of days it was pretty ideal weather. In fact, it was a little stormy and, and rainy and a little bit snowy. And it was early August hunt, but then after a few days, it just got hot and it stayed hot the entire time. And, uh, sheep got way up high or, you know, I don't know, but, uh, so, you know, that does happen sometimes. So, you know, he can book, book back in there with that outfitter and the outfitter is going to work with him on that. But so sometimes you can't do a lot, but, but the good thing is he had a great experience. He has nothing bad to say. He, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was paying for. He knew it, that's hunting. And, and the guide was really good. Right. And, and, um, worked his tail off and was professional and all that stuff's important. Yeah. I think the experience is even more than killing anything. It it's is. like this last week, Colorado, we had a hell of a time. Super fun. Hanging yep. out with one of your best buddies, hiking, you know, great time. Didn't kill anything while we were there. It's like if you if you know what to expect, your experience will be a thousand times better, and that's more important than even – obviously killing things a goal. But it's like if you don't have fun while you're killing it, you're miserable the whole time. Oh, I mean, it's just fun to be on the adventure and to learn all the different aspects of just being out and, and surviving in the outdoors. Yeah. You know, and, and being out there, I mean, you, if you're out there long enough, you see cool stuff. Oh, yeah. You see really cool things happen that uh, no one else gets to see when they're at home. So, well, good. Well, let's, uh, let's just kind of talk a little bit now, Andrew, about um, just, you know, fitness and, and uh, you know, how, how that I guess plays a part into everything that we do in the hunting industry and all that. And I know some guys might get, I've heard guys make fun of the people that are big into fitness that hunt. I don't know why. I think it makes total sense to be fit. Why not? You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be, you can, you can ride a side by side in the hilly country and of of South Dakota and (laughs) that's fun and Montana and that's fun. And I've done that. And I love that kind of hunting. Nothing wrong with that at all. I do that all day, every day. I love to coyote hunt. You know, you don't have to be in great shape to coyote hunt, you know. But, you know, let's face it. If you're going to be, you know, doing any type of hiking with a backpack on your back and up and down steep terrain, it, it's going to be a lot more fun if you're more fit. For sure. Gives you much more opportunity to be successful. Yep. And there's something about, like, I, I was talking to Chandler about this while we were out there last week because I've killed some pretty stinking good deer 100 yards off the road. It's like, and then I've killed some pretty decent deer 
eight or nine miles in. It's like, and I have more fun looking at the ones that I killed eight or nine miles in just because there's something about doing something that nobody else wants to do. It's like this sense of pride you get where it's like, I killed that when nobody else wanted to. Yeah. It's like even when we were up there, it's because the unit that we were in, really busy. We ran into one person the entire time, and it was because we called them in. Just because they're just, I don't know if it was because nobody was stupid enough to go where we were going besides us or nobody else wanted to, but we were in elk every day. We ran into one guy on our way out. We were pulling out and these guys pulled up, asked us if we'd seen any elk. They'd been there for a week and they finally saw elk the day before is what we finally saw elk yesterday. And we'd seen 15 to 20 bulls already at that point. And we were seeing elk every single time we went out. And so the guy asked like, what the heck are you guys doing? Say, come look at my foot right now. Say, we've been hiking 60 miles in the last three, four days. Say, but there's no way that those guys could have because they're not prepared. They're not expecting to do that. And I had no desire to do that, yep. which means there's no chance that they're going to kill anything. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah, they're in too much pain. They don't want to move. You know, and, and uh, so, so the thing is, uh, I would say this. Nothing replaces, if you want to get in shape for hunting with a backpack on your back, nothing replaces going hiking with a backpack on your back. For sure. <laughs> that, is, that is the only way you're going to get in shape, I mean, to get in that kind of shape. But I wanted to talk today about what you can do besides just that to get yourself better, you know, more, more, more physically fit. So, um, you know, I, I, love, I love to push my body and, 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 and work out. So I... I usually get up every morning and I hit the gym and I'll, I'll do, uh, I'll do weights. And sometimes I'll do like, uh, you know, specific muscle groups. But what I typically like to do is I like to do a lot of kettlebell type workouts, a lot of core stuff, uh, core workouts. I like to do compound exercises, you know, squats, deadlifts, um, push-ups, pull-ups, uh, military, you know, upside down push up stuff. I, I like all that stuff. I mean, and, and, uh, and then I actually, I use workout bands a lot. I think they're freaking awesome and you can take them with you. You can take them hunting with you. So if you end up in a bad rain day or something, you can actually work out while it's raining if you can't go hunting, you know, if you want, so you can roll them up in your bag and they don't take up. And if you know how to use them, you can do any, about everything you can think of with a, with a couple good bands. Yeah. So if anybody wonders like what, what I do, that's, that's what I do. So I, I, I pretty much lift every single day and then, um, I I'll run, you know, four or five miles a day, four or five days a week. And then I'll bike the other days, uh, mountain bike or road bike. And that's kind of my, my deal. That's, that's what I do. And then, you know, then if I you know, get out and do some scouting, you know, obviously put a pack on with my boots, get my boots broke in feet are a big part of your fitness I think your feet uh, breaking your feet in I mean even this last week with my boy um, that was the first time I've really been out this year hiking in the hills I did more hiking in the hills than I any other time this year so far and I had a couple little hot spots just getting used to it for the year you know yeah and so I don't know if that happened to you this last week they do get used to it too because when it, my first couple scouting trips same thing I had a couple hot spots but after day two back there I had moleskin put on the first first two days while I was there but days three four five totally fine yeah yeah it, it is amazing you you do tend to i mean that's it's i remember doing that you know doing construction back you know back in the day and in first couple days of you know, when, when i'd be in school right and i'd get out for the summer and first couple days of construction i thought i was going to die but third fourth day you break in same yep. thing happens when you're hunting every sheep hunt i've been on you know brutal the first day or two and then like third day kind of okay you settle in right yep. 
So same thing typically happens in your hunting season. I think if you can settle in before hunting season, that's even better. But if you can't, worst day, you, you, you suffer through it the first day or two. Yeah. And, and yeah, have, have some moleskin or, or the, the compi. I always forget the name of the things I yeah. use. I was looking for it. Were you? Have I, you I, found them yet? Uh, oh, gosh dang it. Okay, I got to look those up. Um, I'll, I'll look them up here during this, and I'll, I'll say it in a second. Um, anyway, so, yeah, you, you got you got to take care of your feet. Um, let's see if I can find them here. Blister prevention. Here they are. Compede. Compede Advanced Blister Care. Look like this. I'll have to get some coming. I'm telling you, they're awesome. They become part of your foot. So you get those, put one of those suckers on if you got a blister, and you are pretty much good to go, man. They're awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could get into more details on that stuff. I mean, I'll do, you know, like squatting. I mean, I'm 5'10", weigh 165. I'll squat. I don't get crazy. I, I squat 225, four sets of 12, deadlift the same. Uh, I'll usually do like two or three sets of six to eight. Um, bands, I do tell failure, push-ups tell failure, pull-ups tell failure. I do a lot of stuff tell failure, a lot of repetitions, a lot of repetitions. I do three or four sets of pretty much everything. I superset everything. I will do a push-up and I'll go do, do pull-ups. Um, Squatting and deadlift, I don't usually superset. Uh, the big compound stuff, I don't. But uh, actually, not true. I'll do calves while I'm doing those because calves are just whatever, right? Um, and I get my calves when I'm running a lot too. So that's what I do. I mean, that, that's my basic workouts. I'll, I'll do three to four exercises per muscle group. I'm usually at the gym for about 40 to 45 minutes. I, I don't stop much. I keep going. I mean, I, I rest for a few seconds in between sets. Then I'll usually come home, and then I'll run for another 40 minutes or so, do four or five miles. Um, if I'm feeling really good, I might do a couple loops, couple, and then I'll, then I'll run for an hour and a half or something. But that's, that hasn't been very common lately. That's my that's what I do, man. Money. Yeah. So, um, and I, I'm not like Superman or anything, but I I, I don't know I I. Uh, I stay pretty fit. I would dare say you can outrun ninety-five percent of people. I, I I I stay I stay pretty fit. I stay you know body fat's pretty low, and then my diet and nutrition. Um, I, you know, people, it's funny. So, we got invited to go on this elk hunt, and uh, my buddy goes, "Hey man, we don't worry, we eat clean, right?" Like he's all worried about that, and I'm like, "Dude, we're hunting. I don't. I mean, when I'm hunting, I, I'm not as. I still try to." Be, not be a scrounge. Yeah, not be crazy. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, we're hunting. Bring not, on the little Debbie. Yeah, I'm like, don't worry about it. But he says, no, we eat clean, like steaks and, and, and salads. I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I get up there and like anything but clean, right? There's all this processed food all over the table. Sometimes I wonder if people know what clean eating really is, right? Which clean eating would be your meats, your vegetables, your 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 unprocessed foods, right? And uh, I've been actually, the, the last couple of years I've been just, kind of the, the macro stuff where I, I do basically, I won't get into the grams, but I'll just do percentages for me. That's easier. And I know that's not as exact and all that crap, but I'll do, you know, 30, 30% protein, 30% fat, 40% carb is what I've been doing recently. The last few weeks, I've been trying to go more like 20 to 25% carb and then make up the difference with my fats. I keep my protein about the same. I, I eat about 3000 calories a day. 
And uh, so I always try to get my protein in, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of reverse my some more like 40% fat, 30% carb to try to run more on fat and see how that does. Just, just trying it out. Um, but that keeps me pretty good. And if I, if I start putting on a little bit of weight, I just back off my calories a couple hundred calories. Yeah. If I want to put on a little bit of weight and maybe I'm feeling like I'm losing some strength, I'll add a couple. But I, I do it a little bit at a time. And within a week, I'm usually adapted to that new new amount. So this is layman's terms, in my opinion, layman's terms of how to do this stuff. Because I, I still, I've always been conscientious of this stuff, but I've never gotten too crazy about about it. Um, maybe this sounds, maybe it is crazy. I don't know. You can definitely go way far down that rabbit hole. Yeah, you can. You can, but I, I yeah, I, I want to do something I can like live with and stick with forever. Yeah. You know, sustainability. I think is key. Like that's like the seventy-five heart that everybody's hot after right now. It's great. Yeah. But there's no way that you can. No, but no normal person is going to sustain that for very long. Probably not. Yeah. Like finding something that you can actually do at long. I don't know. Term. I kind of look at seventy-five heart and I go, I kind of do that. I don't work out outside because I'll, I'll get sunburned. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm too white for that. <laughs> I, mean, I pretty much do 75 hard. I do. What now, is now, it? It's two workouts a day. But you got to do them separately. So separately. I don't do that. Yeah, so, that I, so I guess I can't I, say I do I lift it. and then I do cardio. But I do the cold showers. I do the self-improvement. I eat clean. I don't drink alcohol. Um, what else is there? Um, read a book. Read a book. I'm always reading a book. Always. Um, I, you know, I, I, I guess one of the things that does – challenge you to do is do something that's very uncomfortable for you to do that's going to improve you and you know i mean i do that but i guess i don't do that all the time i mean i'm out you know you, you settle into what you feel is working and yeah i feel like if you do 75 hard for like if you were to do that would that not become your normal though probably it seems like other than going outside i just don't want to work out outside. yeah that's my main thing right i don't want to bathe in sunscreen every day yeah i have to take two cold showers <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure yeah, so I mean that's that's the basics of what I do, and then that helps me with mental preparation too. You know, when you're when you push yourself beyond your limits, I like to push myself beyond my limit every day. I mean, it just feels good. I was reading Goggins' book, and actually, I'm just finishing Goggins' book here. I don't know why I haven't read it up till now, but it's an awesome book. Yeah, embrace uh, the suck. Can't hurt me. Awesome book, man. I mean, you just go, dude. We can do so much more than we think we're capable of, and. Um, you know, you just go, God, compared to what that guy has gone through, and not just him. I mean, there's people over this world who've gone through some crazy stuff and are going through crazy stuff right now that I, I mean, I feel like a marshmallow compared to what they <laughs> So why would I complain about doing a little working out? That's my thoughts, you know. You know, yeah. you know, you know if you don't feel like working out, to me, I don't know. I feel so much better to be fit than eat that donut or sit yeah. on the couch you know but it's so much easier to stay in shape than it is to get in oh shape. man amen amen like 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 when you're fit stay fit you know it's like with success in business right you get successful keep doing what you did to stay to be successful and it's you know same thing with hunting you get into a good area you do all that work to get into a good area and you got momentum yeah. keep, keep keep on it right if you got that area scouted out and you know it and that's how this elk hunt was this last year. These guys have hunted year over year. They know how to hunt this one area, and it's a good area. There's always elk in there. There's good elk in there, and that's what they do. They just they hunt it. They hunt it like crazy, and they don't really need to go anywhere else. Yeah. You're not going to kill all the bulls out of there, so just keep Learn hunting. Learn well. Yeah, exactly. So what else we got, Andrew? Is that, do, we, do we cover what we wanted to cover today? Hunt hard. Don't be fat. Yeah. Yeah. 
be fit, you know, get, get a hold of us for your hunts. I mean, seriously, I mean, at least give us a try. We will show you, we'll prove it to you what we do. You'll see our system. And, uh, you know, if you're not comfortable to book a hunt, then you shouldn't be booking a hunt. Yeah. We want you to be 100% comfortable, get yeah. all your questions answered, have all the proper gear. That's another thing, too, is the, the gear and, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, have, we have the best gear that uh, you, you, can, you can ask for. We're adding some really, we're adding some more good gear right now, actually. I won't talk about it yet, but it'll, it'll be up here soon. I've been using it, and it's, it's really nice. Just, uh, man, it, you can't underestimate the right kind of clothes, right? Right kind of boots, right pants, rain gear, you know, huge. The layering systems. Yeah so important and you know it, it all it all it's all an investment i mean if you're gonna if you're going to you know do it you might as well get the good stuff because yeah. it's, it's not like i mean the, these pants i've been wearing i think i'll be able to wear them for about four years they're, they're some rugged pants you know and you know get a pair or two and you're good yep get the right boot depending on how much you walk i mean i use canatrex canatrex usually two three seasons you can get them resold if you want to and i love canatrex you know, some people go, oh, they're too heavy for me. That's fine. I mean, the, the good thing about them is they hold up. At least that's been my experience. And when they don't, send them in. And when they don't, you can send them <laughs> in. Yep, for sure. Well, good. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk to everybody next time. And, and hopefully, you know, uh, you're all having some success on your hunts right now. I think uh, depending on where you live, there's all kinds of hunts going on. October is a, a big uh, month for Utah for the rifle hunts. So they're coming up. The orange, then, the orange ocean out the, there. Yeah, the orange pumpkin patch. And then, um, then like, you know, Montana, South Dakota, Wyoming, November, right? A lot of those are going going to be going on there, the, the rut hunts uh, for mule deer. And late elk hunts, lion hunts will be starting up. Coyote hunting's about to get good. I'm excited about that. It's best time of the year. That's the best time of the year. I, I agree. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, hope you're all enjoying your time out. Hope these podcasts help. If you want to hear more uh, on any of these topics, let us know. And thanks for listening. We will see you next time.